We're starting the second parak of Mesilat Yeshari Mesilat. We're talking about we're talking about the Midah of Zehirut. As we said yesterday, Mesilat Yesharim is a ladder that goes from one step to another. The first step on the ladder is Torah. But Rabbi Pinhas bin Yair says Torah brings a person to Zehirut. It brings a person to be careful in their actions. We said yesterday that if a person is learning Torah, that if a person is learning Torah and he's not careful, not changing his his uh, attitude, his actions, if he doesn't see himself more careful in how they speak, more careful in how they dress, more careful in how they deal with things, if a person is not seeing themselves being more careful, then they're not learning. Even if they sit with a book and they go to class every day, but they're not learning. Because learning Torah brings a person to become more aware. I remember Phil, a few months back, a year ago, he told me, right? Started seeing things differently, right? But, but Torah has to do that. If you are learning every day, there are guys who have been learning for 30 years, but nothing changed. They don't have any sensitivity in their life. And the reason is they're really not learning. What, what, what does it mean that a person is not learning well? Or is not learning, he's not being more careful? It means that when he's sitting to learn, he's not learning in order to do. I told you once before that the way you walk into something, where you approach it, is going to make a difference in what you take out of it. If a person goes to learn because he needs to learn, which is also good, but he's not learning in order to practice, so his learning is lacking. I'll give you an example of that in the Torah. We find in the Torah that a person who murders by accident needs to go to a city of refuge. It's called Ayir Miklat. Basically the story is, he went up on the ladder, he's not careful, he didn't check the ladder well, he uh, slept, slipped and killed somebody on the bottom. Or by accident, he shot something and it hit somebody. Or he was uh, with the ax, He's, hitting a, he's knocking down a tree. Some splinter came, flew to somebody, and, it, and killed him. The Torah says a person who kills someone by accident, by accident, he didn't mean it, he needs to go to every class. A pretty heavy punishment. Basically, he has to move out of his house, has to move out of the city. He has to leave his shul. If you want to shul, he has to leave that too. Family has to go with him. Is your rabbi has to go with him? Yeah, well, that, that's why you have to be careful who you teach. The rabbi, because the pasuk says, it's interesting. The pasuk says that when he goes to Ir Miklat, he has to live. The high. So our rabbi still has to live. Sometimes you have to give him, you have to make sure that you give him what it takes to live. 
And the says, so like, like what? In Torah. If he's, not, if he's not learning, he's not alive. We have to be able, so if he has a rabbi, that means if you don't give him Torah, he's dead. You hear that? The guy is not learning. It's considered like he's dead. Don't, don't, don't tell him right in the street, but, that, but that's what it is. Okay, good. Now, so anyway, Torah says you murder by accident, you kill someone by accident. You gotta go to Ir Miklat. You stay in that city of refuge. You leave. You can't leave. It's a jail. You're not allowed to leave there. If you leave there, you're the guy. The, the the relatives to kill you. You know, they have no no uh, no no blood on their hand. They kill you. So you go to Ir Miklat. You move out of your country. You know again, if you're not in it, it doesn't sound like it's so bad, but it's a pretty pretty difficult thing. You leave where you are. You go there and you spend time there till the Kohen Gadol died. The question is, question is, what did the guy do then? What, why is this the right punishment for killing someone by accident? What did he do wrong? He didn't want to kill him. He didn't mean to kill him. And what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you kill the guy? What, what exactly is the punishment for? You can't say you're punishing him for murder because he didn't intend to kill him. When he was doing what he was doing, he wasn't intended to get like Warren Jack. So oh. So you see the whole punishment of this guy is that he wasn't careful. The whole punishment of going to Ir Miklat is a punishment of a person who wasn't Sahir. He wasn't careful. That's all the punishment is about. It's not about anything else. It's not about the murder. It's about that you were not careful. You did something without thinking. You went up the ladder and you're not thinking. You're going to chop down a tree and you're not thinking. So Zehnirut, right, is a, is a, is a big, punishable. And we send them, now why is Air Miklat the proper punishment for a person who's not careful? Well, guess what? Guess who lives in Air Miklat? Who lives in Ir Miklat? Well, all the Levim, people like me and Yon, and Joey Sim also. All the Levim and Kohanim, that he was in there. Yeah, yeah. The Gwen, they live in Ir Miklat. The, the Levim in Eretz Israel did not get a piece of land. Each Shevet was given cities, huge areas, right? It was divided up into parts. But if you're a Levi, don't expect to get a piece of land in Israel. Now, what, what's, what's going to happen there? Well, you know the Leviim, like the Rambam writes, did not have land for a reason. Why didn't God give us land? Masuk says, Adonai halato, which means our land is God. Which means that Am Yisrael needs one Shevet, one tribe that's dedicated completely to the study of Torah and to the teaching of Torah. That's our land. People go sell shoes, people sell jewelry, people are farmers. Well, the Levim, Shevet Levi, has their land. Their land is the Torah. That's their job. Every Shevet has all of what they do. But if you're from Shevet Levi, automatically, this is what the natural job of a Levi is. 
That's why they became more special. Now, if you're a Yisrael, don't feel so bad. <laughs> well, some guys feel very good, I see. Some guys feel not so But, 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 but the Rambam says that not only Shevet Levi, any, meaning Shevet Levi is automatic, but anybody who wants to upgrade themselves, we get the same thing. Bottom line is, who's living in Miklat? The Levim. Levim don't have agricultural work. They don't, they don't work. They, they learn. So therefore, what is the repainter for the guy who is not careful? What, where do we send them? We send them to yeshiva, basically. They send them to Irmiklat. What are they over there? It's like Benet right over there. They don't, they don't have it. They don't, they don't, they don't jobs there. Why do they have to be this rabbi there? All the living in body. Oh, that's a beautiful bit. That's a great question. I'm going to get to that question in a second. So they, so in Eir Miklat, basically, it's a city of Torah. So why is that? No, that's not the punishment. That's the consequence. It's consequence. If you're not careful, must be you're not learning Torah. Without learning right. Follow? So we have to go and put you in a place of Torah. Now, Jack asked a great question. So therefore, being in Eir Miklat, means go back to learn, not learning right. But if you were learning right, you would not have, you would not, you'd be more careful. Good. Now, Jack said, why does the rabbi have to go with him? And he's going to Elohim, he's going to B'nai Brak. Imagine, you're moving to Yerushalayim, and you say, oh, I got to bring my rabbi with me. Are you nuts? The whole place is rabbis. Like, you, yes. Maybe the rabbi didn't teach him as a continent to inkit. I mean, it's the rabbi's fault too. And I like that. That's a, that's a nice answer. That's not what it sounds like. The, the, the reason is, and this is a great point, Jack, very important point, that you have to know that the rabbi that you're close to is irreplaceable. Your rabbi is irreplaceable. Even if you go to Yerushalayim and you go to B'nai Brak and you go to Ir Miklat and you could learn from a lot of people, but your rabbi is Asir Lecharav. Your rabbi is a very big asset. So big that even if you go to the city of rabbis, you can't replace him. Because your rabbi knows you, understands you. So you go there because the atmosphere is Torah. So you, you know, you go to that, you go to yeshiva, you see a thousand guys learning. You have a desire, you have a, a desire to learn more. But you need your rabbi. Bottom line, gentlemen, bottom line is, if you're not careful more today, after you learn, then you're not learning. Automatically, Torah is supposed to make you more careful in everything that you do. I saw a story here. It's a beautiful story. Want to hear a nice story? You like stories? Story Masechet Sukkah. The Gemara says in Masechet Sukkah, there was a man by the name of Aibo. Let's go, Shmuel. Good morning. There was a man by the name of Aibo. He says like this, 
Aibo Havak Amar Aibo. Aibo says, Havakaina Kamed Rabbi El Azar Bar Sadok. He says, One time I was standing in front of this great man, Rabbi El Azar Bar Sadok. Okay. Atale Kameh came in front of the rabbi, Hahu Gavra, a certain man. Amar Leh, he said to the rabbi, Kariyata Ipli, I have a city. He owns a, uh, like a village. Wealthy men. Karmeya Ipli, I have a vine I have vineyards in this village that I have. Zetaya Italy. I have a uh, olive uh, orchard. Okay. Ve'atu bene kariata. He says the people in my village that work for him. This is talking about Shavuot during the seventh year, where you're not allowed to benefit. Not only you're not allowed to grow the land. But you're not allowed to benefit from the perot of Shevait. I don't know if you know that. Which means on the seventh year in Eretz Israel, if fruits grow from the tree, you're not allowed to benefit from those fruits. You could eat them if you want, but you can't sell them. You can't do business with them. So anyway, he tells them on the Shevait, the people, they come to work in the land. They come to work in my vineyard. Now, they're working with things that are permitted on Shavit. a certain type of work that's permitted. They're working in my land, taking care of the vineyard. He says, And, and, and after they finish working, they go eat from the olives of my field. So basically, it's like it's, it's like he's paying them. They're working in the field and they're getting paid with the olives that belong to him. So now he's getting benefit. Sound of morning. He's getting benefit from the perot of Shevit. So he told them, he says, Arif or Lo Arif. He says, am I doing good or not good? Is kosher or not? Is what's going on here kosher? I don't pay them. I don't give them anything. They work one field, they go eat from another field. The rabbi says to him, no good, you can't do that. Hava kasha says, the man, he left. Ve'azil, he went, he left. This man right away, he left. He went back to his fields. Amar, the rabbi says, says, I'm living here 40 years. I didn't see, but inish, I never saw a person. I never saw a more straight guy than this guy. I never saw a more beautiful guy. So I never saw such a yashar guy in my life. Because 40 years I'm here, I never saw such a person. At this guy, he came back, Amar led. 
when he came back, this man came back, he told him, my Yavid, do you have a solution for me? My Yavid, what should I do? Amar Leh, he's not telling you should do. He says, the olives, leave them for the Anim, because on Shevi'id, anything you own belongs to everybody. Leave the olives to whoever wants them, and when they come to work for you, pay them with money. So he told them, good. Now what's so amazing about this story? 40 years, he never had somebody ask him a halakhic question. 40 years, nobody came to ask him, is this kosher, not kosher? What did he get so excited about? What did he see in this man? He saw something he never saw in 40 years. And he gave him the answer that it's wrong before even asking, so what should I do? He ran quickly to tell the guys to stop doing it. You understand? And then he came back to say, by the way, so, so what should I do? But the minute he told them that you can't do that, he right away left without asking any questions. So what do you suggest? What's the plan? What can we do? What's the alternative? There's no time for that. He's got to go back, but people are doing the wrong thing. Say so he ran away, he ran right there. That's called Zenirut. Zenirut means you are careful in not doing the wrong thing. Zenirut is not Zerizut. What's Zerizut? Quick. Zerizut means you move quickly. That's when you're doing good things. When you do good things, you need Zerizut. But when you're trying to get rid of the bad things in your life, you need Zehirut. Zehirut. Zehirut is to get rid of anything in your life. Maybe you get a little too angry. Maybe you get a little too nervous. Maybe you're not being in the right places. Maybe anything in your life that is not up to par, a person who is careful thinks about them and figures out a way how to correct them. That's called Zehirut. Good? Now, back to Ms. Shari. So he said yesterday, Inen, Ainyan has Zehirut, right? The subject of Zehirut, Shiye Adam Nizhar, Bemaasab Ube Inyanab, to be careful in our actions and in our general approach. Remember what we said yesterday? Why do we need two things? What did we say yesterday? What did we say yesterday? What does it mean to be careful in our actions and to be careful in our general, our general way? Right, we said ma'asab is your, 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 act, your specific actions and then your mindset. We said sometimes it's not your actions that's off. It's your whole mindset that's off. Your whole understanding of what you're supposed to be doing in a certain uh, area of life is totally off. Your whole understanding is off. It's not that you're doing wrong, it's that your whole road is wrong. That's called anyanav. So a person has to be careful once in a while. You have to think about when it comes to your actions, this you have to think before you act. If we would be great people, before we do anything, we first make sure 
that it's the appropriate thing to do. But then once in a while, on a Sunday morning, on a Shabbat afternoon, you have a few minutes, you're walking, it's a good time to think not necessarily about the specifics. A person thinks about his general road in life. Am I on a road that is appropriate, successful, and, and more of a general question? It's a more of a elevated question, not getting involved in the specifics, but more of a general direction. Am I in the right direction? Am I in the right way? Forget the little things that I'm doing right or wrong. F follow? In all areas, is, is my marriage in the right direction? Am I raising my kids in the right direction? Are my friendships in the right direction? Is my mindset of, of, of my goals of life in line? Am I dealing generally well in my business? Things like that, they need, they're not moment to moment. They're more a higher level. That's called, they, they would do in some great generations. I don't, know if, I don't know if we could do it. I don't think we could do it. It's called Hidbonenut or Hidbodidut. Where a person goes and on his own and he thinks a little bit about himself. I think in today's world it's not so, so, not so possible. You can't tell a guy to think for more than three minutes. It's not, not possible. You guess that? Hidbodidut. But what can, what can work, and I know that, I'm not sure how many guys will do this, but the only thing, the only Hidbodidut I think that could actually work today is if a person sits down with a pen and paper and start writing. That much a person, I think today, huh? Yeah, not, not, not on their phone, not typing, I was writing. And if he asks me, what should I write? I'll tell you something miraculous. Don't think about what you're gonna write. Let your heart write. Try it. I know it sounds crazy. Huh? All that and that? Less. Easy. Keep it. Huh? Bigger. That's a big heart. Let your heart write. Huh? Interesting. If you think it's, if you think it's, I'm whack, try it. Take a piece of paper. Take a few, but it might take you long. And say, dear Isaac, talk to yourself. Dear Isaac, and then just let your heart write. Again, as crazy as it sounds, try it before you tell me how crazy. Okay? And then you'll start, believe it or not, you'll start opening subjects about your life. And you start thinking about them. Let your heart write. You'll see there's a lot in you that you never actually formulated in your mind. There's a lot of stuff going on in our mind that we've just parked somewhere in the long-term foggy lot. And we never actually get to it, but it's there. It's like sitting there somewhere, but we don't really actively deal with it. Because either we don't want to, or we are too lazy to, or because maybe it, it hurts to. There are definitely things in our minds that are parked 
far away and we don't like to deal with them. But when you let your heart talk, you'll see a lot of stuff come out into the open. Because the really thinking should get you there. Thinking on your own for 10, 20 minutes can get you there. But I'm telling you, in today's atmosphere, today's world, you can't do it. You start thinking one minute, already your mind is elsewhere. Can't do it. But right here, you do. That's why it says in Perkei You should acquire for yourself a friend. But the word kene, I tell them. The word kene means a quill. Make the quill your friend. Make the pen your friend. Bottom line is, the way to be careful with your actions is to think before you do. But in Yanab is you need to take some time out of your life, a 10 minute here, 15 minute here, when you have some free moments to yourself, and if you don't have free moments, make them. Yes? And take your pen and start writing. It will be a very fruitful, very fruitful experience. I once told, um, I told uh, a few people in my class, I told them to do that. And I told them that if you write a letter to Hashem, not to yourself, if you write, dear Hashem, I said, I guarantee you that within five minutes, you'll start crying. That was my guarantee. So, so, Farshad is sobriety. Ah, a variety. A variety. Tashem, you It'll be like in tears. You'll feel tears. So, what, one of the small boys in the class, I guess he, he wanted it, impressed it, is it? That night, that night he texted me. I couldn't wait till the morning. He says, Rabbi, I heard you speak to us. He says, there's no way I'm going to cry. I'm doing this. He sat down. He says, what didn't take me, he says, two minutes, start crying. Try it. Keep it up. Makes you aware of things that you, not that you didn't know about. It's coming from you, but they're so far in the subconscious that you don't let them come out. There's so many things we don't allow to come out. We don't, we don't want them to come out. We're too scared to come. There are things sitting in our uh, closet that we don't want to deal with, but they're there. He says, in other words, mitbonen umefakayah al maasav udrakab. He says, how do you do? How are you careful? How do you how do you put this midan of zehirut? into action. He's saying, give me the practical part of it. So the first thing is mitbonen. What's mitbonen? To think. You gotta think first. That's already, already, we already lost. How many people actually think? Right? Very few people actually think. Most decisions that people make today, putting ourselves, are, are on a uh, an autopilot. As you know what to do every morning. You know, when you brush your teeth, you don't think to brush your teeth. That's just what you do. It's part of your routine. 
when you when, when, when even and even when you're buying and selling, it's not you know you have to buy for a certain price. There's not a lot of price negotiation. It's all on autopilot. You can predict pretty much what the person is gonna do in any given situation because already the script has already been written. Now it's just a question of putting it out into the into the into the world. Most people don't think. They just don't think. It's not that they don't think in religion. They don't think at all. They never think. Everything is habits. It's all basically entered into their into their mind and they act accordingly. Whether it's their Shabbat, their tefillah, whether it's the way they talk to people, their attitudes, their reactions, it's already done. For example, some people, if they see somebody who tells them something inappropriate or something that says them, they have an automatic reaction. Some people, it's rage. Some people, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, uh, it's, it's silence. Some people, they handle different things, right? They give them the silent treatment. Some people, they, everyone's got their own way of handling it and they just follow through. Mitbonen means to actually think if what I'm doing is good or not good. First, you got to think. You have to question yourself. Question your reactions, right? And then, umefakeah is a new item. What's mefakeah? Right. They're having a business in mefakeah. Like, for example, a guy who goes around the factory to make sure that the quality... Quality control. The mefakeah. Mefakeah means he looks into it to see if the product is coming out the right way. Inspector. Inspector, right. So what's the difference between mitbonin and mefakeah? In our life, mitbonin, huh? Thinking and inspecting. What, what's the difference? Again, I'm talking about my actions, right? So what does it mean to think about my actions and to inspect my actions? What, what's the difference? That's nice. You hear that? He's saying, mitbonen is to think before. Mefakeah is to look into it afterwards. Like for example, there are many great people that before they go to sleep at night, if it's a minute or two or five, whatever it is, they just go through their day. They go through their day and catch themselves. Oh, I didn't say hello to this guy the right way. Oh, I got upset with that. That was bad move. A person goes through their day in a minute or two and is able to be mefakeya, to inspect what they did during that day. So, mitbonen is to think ahead of time. Mefakeah is to think after it happens. Because you can never trust yourself. If you go, if, if at night you think about your day, you'll probably find many holes that you could have done better. You could have learned better. You could have been on time. You could have been more calm. You could have been more courteous. You could have been more loving. You could have been more, more uh, 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 encouraging. 
You could have been more uplifting. You could have come into your office in a different way. You could have come into your house. When you look at your day, that day, you have a lot of things to, to look at, right? That's called nefakeya. It's inspecting the product. Mitbonen is thinking ahead. Mefakeah is inspecting it afterward. Beautiful. Unbelievable. Mefakeah is looking into yourself, right? Meaning the product. Because well, let's, let's talk about it in a meeting, right? There. Everyone prepares for a meeting, hopefully. It's an important meeting. Yeah. That's called Mitbonen. My meeting coming up. I'm about to meet a customer. I'm about to meet my future wife. I'm about to meet someone important. I'm about to meet. So you think about how that meeting should go, prepare for the meeting. That's mitbonen. Mefakeah is as you leave the meeting, so how did I do? How did I handle myself? I handle myself right, I handle myself wrong. And then very often you'll find that you look back and say, I, I shouldn't have said that. I reacted the wrong way. Even if you prepared, you made a mistake. So in order to be careful, there is a before, before the act, and there's an after the act. Because if you don't do the after, you'll find yourself slipping without realizing. Mitbonen Al-ma'asab Oh, same as before. Meaning, in both areas, remember we said the specific and the general. Ma'asim is your specific. Derech is your general road. So you need both mitbonenu mefakeyah in both areas. In both areas, you have to think ahead of time. Where am I headed in life? Where am I going? What am I trying to achieve? And your day-to-day. And you need mefakeyah on both. Right? Obviously, you can't be mefakeyah if you don't think first. There's nothing to inspect. If you have no thinking, you gotta think first. But after you think, it's not enough. You got to follow through with inspecting what it is that you're trying to achieve. This is a person who lives with Zehirut. He's careful with what he does and he will find tremendous Hatzlaha as a result. Okay, we'll continue tomorrow.